Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on July the 12th, 2022. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, not feeling tired, probably. Caffeine rage. On today's show, we will, of course, discuss some games that we have played, and we're going to take a deep dive into our community corner backlog to discuss some topics from there. God of War Ragnarok bundle includes Steelbook case with no discs inside. Doom is now able to run Doom, and Ubisoft is pulling DLC access to some older games. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. So, as I've said in the Franken content, it is, uh, well, at this point now, it's almost 10.50. We're getting started very late. And I told the whole story as to why in the Franken episode you guys will hear at some point. Let's be real, probably in the relatively near future. Um, Hopefully my my doctor's visit next week reveals something that we can fix. Um, You know, I'm experiencing symptoms of of long COVID, most likely with random bouts of tiredness. That's why we didn't record last week. I got home from work and I was dead. I mean, not literally dead. That might have been better, honestly, but figuratively dead and extremely tired. I was asleep by... 9.30 or 10 o'clock last Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. So, it's very sleepy boy. Right. Yes. I, I feel fine so far for now. I'm sure I will get tired in the next out one to two hours. But that makes sense, since it's going to be midnight to 1 a.m. I'm just sitting here drinking my coffee. Right. Which is now kind of lukewarm because I didn't put my lid on it, but eh. Well, I had a Diet Coke, and I'm about to open a second one. They were the, they were the last. They were the last two I had up here. Ready? Let's let's see if we can get that can sweet sweet can noise. Here we go. Did it? Did it come through? That was pathetic. Go get another one. <laughs> well, it's showing up nice and clear on the uh, on my recording on 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 the in Audacity. So I actually peaked the mic, so I'll probably have to either bring that down or just cut it out. But anyways, yeah, let's, um, you know, let's get started, Rach. You want to you do that? You want to get started? I guess if we really must. We, we must. We should. So for games we played, you've got two, right? You put two on there? Oh, well, I got two, like, uh, quarter games because uh, I'll go ahead and start and you could jump in on uh, in the middle there. I love being in the middle. Ew. So uh, in, like... Early June, <laughs> uh, Steam had their next fest, which was the latest iteration of their online gaming conference thing that they've been doing since the COVID started. Uh, pushing a lot of game demos and smaller games, trying to you know uh, get some hype behind them. I pulled three games from that. One I don't want to talk about because I actually got excited enough about playing it that. I stopped playing it with, and uh, I have it on my wish list to buy when it comes out. It's making robots, so, right? Yay. Uh, and the other two I have are, well, uh, the first one is Alaskan Truck Simulator. So, 
this is kind of a uh, well Euro slash American Truck Simulator. I guess American Truck is a better uh, term for it, or better focus on it. Meets sort of Ice Road Truckers, but not really. Plus survival elements as well. Okay, so a big part of the game is they have a survival aspect on top of everything because you're in Alaska. Alaska is fucking cold. So you have to worry about uh, keeping the heater on and not you know, not killing your truck's battery uh, overnight. That sort of thing. Uh, bundling up warm. Uh, having uh, enough food uh, to make the trip because uh, your hunger beater goes down. You know, you're not you know, just sitting there with the infinite supply of pizzas in the mini fridge out uh, in the sleeper. And they kind of have these... Well, have you, you ever seen My Summer Car? No. Okay, so uh, My Summer Car is the most infamous example of it. Of There's no really hotkeys. You look down and you, uh, and you get a context item to flip the switch. So, like, to turn on the heater after they tell you about the heater because, you know, it's tutorial-level demo. You have to actually look down from the road and find it on the dashboard and turn it on there. <laughs> uh, to uh, turn on the... Uh, to change the channel on the radio, you have to do the same thing. So it has this kind of weird... Uh, it plays better with the gamepad until you have to do something outside of driving, right? Right. Which is... I, I guess interesting. I kind of get that. Yeah, it's... But uh, it's uh, well, you're not doing it that often. That's the thing. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, yo, you, yo, you flip on the heater, you flip... Uh, 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 and another thing is that you have to manually disconnect the uh, uh, the error and brake lines uh, from the trailer and uh, uh, raise and lower the... Uh, well, I'm sure that there's a technical term for it, but the leg of the trailer whenever you're detaching from it. Yes. Uh, you actually have to get out to do that. Uh, so another, you know, kind of survival element is, you know, you know, not hurting yourself, but also, you know, bundling up so that you could do that without freezing to death, right? Yeah. It's an interesting take on it. I do have uh, some worries about it because, you know, uh, just how much they lean on that, right? And they also uh, are talking about it being... Uh, a lot more focused on like a management side of things as well, because that's kind of been the uh, low point of uh, the uh, Euro American truck is that yeah, you know, you're just really a guy in a truck, and you eventually just get to the point where there's a lot more guys in a truck, right? Right, enough guys in a truck so that if you don't want to, you don't have to be a guy in the truck. Yeah, right. Uh, and there's a career system, uh, a survival system going on, uh, with, uh, uh, hidden routes as well. Uh, the map is, a quite a bit smaller than Eurotruck, but there's also a lot more, like, roadblocks. You'll have to deal with, um, you know, broken bridges and carrying supplies that you may have to f fix the bridge because, you know, Yo, it's Alaska. They don't have roads there. Are you kidding me? Right? Right. Uh, but, of course, this is the demo. So, yo, it might be 
condensing a lot of other elements down to this one section of the map. It's hard to tell just how big the map's going to be because the screenshots on the store page show a lot of things that you just do not see anything close to in uh, the game or the game demo. So, right. Yeah. Uh, a couple of my bugbears with the game was that the mirrors are very low FPS and, and hear me out on this. Uh, yeah. It, it's kind of weird just having your mirror kind of sitting there and it pulling maybe 10 FPS while the game is running 60. Especially if you're having to back up into a trailer. It, there are options to go to external cameras, but whenever I'm doing these games, I like to stay in the cockpit as much as I can, right? Yeah. So that's kind of a distraction to me. You know? And they have a lot of interactive elements with the different tr- uh, you know, aspects of the truck. Until they got to the chains when it was just a regular QTE. You know, like, you know, filling up the gas. You have to uh, get close enough to the uh, gas tank and actually pull the <laughs> the nozzle off the uh, dispenser, put it in the uh, uh, tank, and sit there and wait, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, hooking up the trailer, you had to disengage the uh, uh, the leg so it rests down onto the uh, the uh, the plate so that it would uh, connect to the uh, connection there and then hook up all the hoses. But for some reason, QTE to put chains on. Uh, and also, the, the game uh, the the game clock advances too quickly, at least for my taste. And I'm worried that because it has a survival element on it as well, it's going to make the survival element more of a chore than, you know, like an added flavor, you know? Yeah. Because it, at the end of the day, usually these survival games come down to managing bars while doing other things, you know, uh, managing your, your that bars, whatever flavor they are, uh, while you're off you know, exploring or whatever. So if you're having to constantly yeah, pull your truck over to microwave a pizza, right? Uh, that can be a bit annoying. But once again, it could just be the state that yeah, you know, the demo's in, right? Yeah. Uh, but overall, you know, I thought it was a nice semi-evolution to the uh, to the genre because you know it is adding a lot more than just oh, it's uh, you know a low rent Euro truck. On a slightly different map, you know, or uh, well, the, the driving physics aren't nearly as good as your truck, but you know, it's kind of unfair to compare a demo of a game to a game that's been evolving for how long now, right? Yeah, many years, many, many years. I mean, the the game felt good enough, right? On the driving physics, it didn't feel like it was you know pulled out of the nineties. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's. It wasn't bad. It was on my wish list, so I'm pretty sure we saw it pop up during Discovery Q at some point. But you could see, like, uh, on the uh, uh, store page, uh, looking down to turn on certain things. But it's only, yeah, you only do it every so often, so I don't have that big an issue with it. But also, you know, I do have a DualShock controller, so, you know, I have access to a touchpad on my controller, so, all right. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see just what they do with the career progression. Uh, because there wasn't 
I don't recall anything about skills or anything there uh, on the uh, 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 in the game, but it could be you know just not in the demo yet. So are you uh, thinking okay. you're, that you're going to buy it? I, I'm going to wait to see how, what state is in when it comes out. I mean, I'm interested in it, right? I, I'm actually not sure if it has multiplayer. I don't think it does. Yeah, it's single player only, which is a little bit of a shame. But you know, it kind of, you know, if it's a smaller map, it you know, right? Yeah. No, fair enough. Just uh, was curious. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about um, Project Zomboid this week. I talked about it, I guess, a month ago, maybe a little bit longer ago, when I had played it for long enough to get a taste. And I said, you know, I'm going to play this game for a bit longer, try some more things out, and then come back and talk about it again. So I've played Project Zomboid for a total of uh, 144 hours at this point. Um, it's It's real good. It's very good. There are, what I would say, there are three stages to the game stage one is your first maybe week five to seven days where that if you're playing with sort of the standard configuration you know regardless of how you change your zombie settings or whatever if you play with you know the power lasts for about two weeks and most of the default sort of starting settings for um loot you know scavengeable loot food weapons medical supplies etc your first five to seven days are your build-up phase, where you're having to move, and unless you're doing, you know, if you're playing what I think of as kind of the standard, like, survival, get my stuff, get a base, survive, then you've got, you know, your first five to seven days where you're collecting everything that you need and trying to find that base based on your starting zone or some other things that you, you know, other parameters for, you know, how things have been randomized for you. Um, and so... That's that's sort of stage one. And then stage two is from week week two, so you know, day seven or eight, maybe, to the first two to three months of in-game time is your establishment phase, where that you have found a base, depending on what type of character you're playing, you build it up to match that character's strengths, metalworker versus carpenter versus maybe mechanic. Um, and then are you a melee fighter? Are you a ranged fighter? Are you a stealth character? And you build your base and your long-term survival plan to focus on that. And pretty much all players will end up doing farming, although you could survive like foraging or fishing, depending on where your starting location is or where you made your base. And that's the next two to three in-game months is, is doing that. You know, get a water system because the power and the water are definitely out by this point. Um, they're guaranteed to last the first in-game week if you're playing with that on kind of its default standard or setting. But then after that week, there's a chance for the power and the water to go out. And by week, by day 14, they're guaranteed to be out. So, you know, you have to establish long-term water um, supply. And then if you so ch- you don't have to, but if you so choose getting a generator or a couple of generators and fuel to keep them running to provide electricity to your base. And then depending on your zombie settings, like I play with respawn turned off. I don't like zombies respawning. I like to be able to clear air quotes an area. Zombies will still migrate in, but after day 28, there are no more zombie spawns because the zombie virus has spread and has killed everyone and turned them to zombies or they escaped. 
So by day 28 on the default settings, there are no no zombies spawning, and you can clear an area, and the only way zombies come is to migrate to your area, which kind of happens naturally. The game every so often sort of spreads zombies out. So other than like specific zones that you wall off and truly clear, there's still a chance that zombies can wander into your area. But after a couple of days, like if you play hardcore, you can clear out a horde. And so that's the next two to three months of gameplay. And then after that, you're getting into the winter months, which is long-term survival and long-term your own personal goal setting. Because you can't win Project Zomboid. You survive until... The tutorial (laughs) points that out big time. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, two one of two things happen. Either you get killed in some way. Zombies get you, you starve to death, you crash your car going 100 miles an hour, um, you fall to your death, you accidentally set yourself on fire. These are all things that I've done, by the way. Um, you, uh, you drink contaminated water and get sick and die. You get a massive infection because you don't have any you know, medical supplies to disinfect yourself, and that kills you. Um, or you stop playing. Either you stop playing the game altogether or you stop playing a, a character or a world state that you've got for one reason or another. So you have to decide what your long-term goals are. And I have had, I can, you know, every once in a while something goes wrong and I don't get past stage one, but I almost always get past stage one now into stage two. But I don't always get past stage two. I've only had one character that's gotten to stage three. Um, that sort of late game you know, in-game goals. Now, you can... I think... I, I can't remember if I mentioned this last time or not. You can choose to spawn as a new character in your current world state. So it just picks right up, you know, the moment your character died and you spawn a new character, then things keep progressing. And you can go to your old base. You can collect all of your gear. If you died in a way that you turned into a zombie, you know, if you were bitten or scratched and had gotten infected... You can track down your zombie and kill it to get your stuff back that you had on your body. If you died in some other way, as long as your gear wasn't destroyed, like in fire, you can just find your body and take your, you know, loot your stuff back and keep going. The only thing that you lose are, is your skills. You will have to retrain those skills. Um, and initially, when I was playing, I would start a new game every time because I was experimenting with things. And then I was trying to play long enough to see the mid to late game. So I kept spawning in a world and now I'm back to every time I die, I'll start a new character because I will live most of the time, 30 to 60 days and then longer on characters. And God, this game is so good. There's so much in it. I have found some limitations within the game and I have found some min maxi gaminess type of stuff you can do with the traits because you take positive and negative traits um, positive traits cost points, negative traits give you points. And there are certain negative traits that are m- very easy to overcome that are worth lots of points, like underweight or very underweight. Extremely easy to recover from being underweight. You can gain weight in the game a lot faster than you, you can lose weight. So o- being overweight or obese has advantages because depending on your world setting, that might be beneficial if food is really scarce. But... Even under standard settings, you can easily quickly get enough food to gain back up to 80 kilos and remove the underweight tag and all of its negative penalties um, to things like your stamina regenerating more slowly and you being easier to get sick um, and healing slower. 
And so, you know, those are basically free points. So there's some gaminess to it that I've discovered. But overall, the game makes pretty logical sense with how it handles everything. And I've now gotten into basic modding territory. There are a zillion mods for this game that add everything from new maps to play on and weapons to completely changing the game by adding systems like new crafting systems and adding um, AI survivors to the game. I mean, you can play multiplayer and I have played some multiplayer and I'll talk about that, but you know, adding AI survivors and um, you know, completely changing or removing systems within the game, adding new ones, you know, adding like tons of weapons or food or cooking or dance moves, like all kinds of stuff. And most of the mods I'm using now are sort of additive to the vanilla experience. So adding more cars, adding more um, weapons, nothing that <clears throat> changes super core gameplay aspects. I'll get to those at some point, I'm sure. But the game world is massive. <clears throat> I didn't, you know, I think I kind of talked about this before, but I didn't realize just how big the world is until you start driving. I mean, it is a real life, you know, I mean, it's not a, a one-to-one representation of, of real life. All the, most of the areas are fictionalized and even Louisville, which is, you know, Louisville, Kentucky is a real city, but it's a fictionalized version of Louisville. Uh, fake city. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it still is representative of a County, which is, you know, several hundred, possibly thousand square miles to drive from one end of the map to another in a car at a decent speed, you know, moving slow enough so that you don't like crash into things and die. But, you know, averaging 55, 60 miles an hour can take an hour or two to get across, um, depending on how much stuff you, Oh, excuse me. Depending on how much stuff you have to navigate through car crashes and things like that. So it's a huge map with, you know, somewhere between 75 and 100,000 zombies spawning initially for the whole map and then increasing as the zombie infection spreads for the first 28 days in game. So there's even without, you know, with respawn turned off, there's a ton of stuff to see and do. I have built bases from the ground up. Um, some of that is a little bit rudimentary, but I mean, you can build plaster walls and you can paint them and you can, um, you know, or you can build metal walls, which are impervious to zombie damage, um, or you can build wooden walls, which, you know, can zombies can tear down, but, you know, they're easy to build and repair. Multi-story buildings, putting in your own cooking facilities and drinking and showering and like the whole nine, like you can build um, piers for, you know, fishing and um can explore and live in the woods. You know, I've, I've done playthroughs where that I've been like a, you know, a woodsman or a, you know, park ranger who, um, you know, is trying to survive in the wilderness and you can chop down trees and, you know, get a tent and it's, there's just so much you can do. And my biggest complaint is that in, <clears throat> Oh, had to mute myself for a second. My biggest complaint is that in single player mode, it just becomes overwhelming um, in the early stages of the game, when you're just focused on survival and gathering, you're going from, you know, house to house or location to location, killing some zombies, taking stuff, not a lot to manage. Then you're building a base and you've got to get a car. And if you don't get lucky enough to find keys 
to a car that's in good condition, you've got to build up your mechanic skill and your electrical skills so that you can learn how to hotwire a car and then steal a car. And you've got to get resources. You know, if you fortify an existing building, it's easier. But if you're building to or adding on to some other structure, then, you know, you have to chop down trees and get nails and screws. And like, then you've got to get food and you've got to manage your food and you have to manage your medical supplies and you have to stay clean because if you're clean, it you're more likely to get an infection if you get injured at all. And you're more likely to get a zombie infection if you get scratched because you're dirty and your clothes are bloody and your character's depressed and you gotta eat ice cream and read books and it just like becomes very overwhelming and it can be done i have managed single player characters that have lived for you know five months in game and have killed you know 2500 zombies and have a lot of skills you know in the seven eight nine you know ten range which ten is the maximum for skills you know i have done that but i've also had times where that i have myself been sort of like standing still for too long looking at my inventory going wait what is it that i need to get now and then a zombie has come up and chomped me and it's like well that's it i'm fucking dead now you know just because there's so much going on and i get distracted and i do get that that's part of the game you know i'm at the point where that generally speaking unless i get overwhelmed by you know hundreds of zombies and i don't have guns um i'm in you know i'm good enough at the game where that I'm fine. And what tends to get me is complacency or hubris. You know, it's like, oh, I can handle this situation. And then I get in over my head and I get fucked or I'm being lazy. I'm not checking my corners. I'm not, you know, carefully clearing a house before I start um, disassembling things in it or looting it. And a zombie breaks out of a closet and gets me, you know, like that's the two ways that I die most often now, you know, my own hubris or incompetence in it, you know, or, or carelessness maybe. Um, and that changes the, the feel of the game a lot. Multiplayer takes, d- does away with most of those problems. Now in single player, you can speed up time um, to, in order to fast forward through, you know, long repetitive tasks, like reading a book or certain cooking tasks can take a long time or construction I'm projects, pot. right. Or construction projects or working on cars. Those things take, a lot of time, as they would in real life. And so you can fast forward through that. And in multiplayer, you cannot fast forward, which makes sense um, because you can't fast forward time for yourself and not everybody else in the world. Uh, but you get the massively added benefit of division of labor. And so I have started a server with a few people that I play tabletop games with, um, Vampire the Masquerade. Um Ian and Lexi, who guested on the show last year when your computer was dead for like a month or two, mm-hmm. um, as well as a couple of other people from tabletop games that I've played. And you're welcome to join us, too, by the way, if you want to. Um, we haven't played on our server in a couple of weeks, but, you know, anyways, we we each have tasks. And because I'm the most skilled at the game, I tend to take on recon and scavenging and zombie clearing. So I'm out and busy a lot. Lexi likes the 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 uh, building and crafting system, so she is dismantling things and fortifying and you know building our structures up. Ian likes the electronics and the engineering stuff because you can craft pipe bombs and molotovs and electronic components for like motion sensors and 
noise, you know, distraction machines. And then there are mods that add things like gun turrets and, and, you know, full blown, like metal working stuff where you can, you know, build a forge and craft weapons or armor or whatever. Um, and then uh, another person that we play with called named Quentin called Quentin named Quentin. He likes to farm and fish and, um, uh forage so he goes looking for those things and you know that's kind of how we divide and conquer um and then we just kind of find cars i'm i kind of am also the car guy for but even though you can't fast forward time for certain tasks like reading books you know skill books to get the xp boosts or or whatever you still are able to get so much more done and with your focus being narrowed you can focus your character build and you stick to your tasks and, you know, we can all help each other out with stuff that we need to, but usually if they're like, what, what we have done is like, okay, it's daylight. I'm going to go out. What's, you know, what's my, what's your grocery list? What do you need? I'm going to go find these things. I'm going to go clear out some zombies and clear out, you know, a horde, expand our safe zone, you know, relative safe zone. And then I'll go do those things and they'll stay back and they'll work on their projects. And that makes it, a lot better. So multiplayer, two thumbs up. I would hate playing this with strangers. There are a ton of YouTube compilation videos of of strangers being dickheads to each other and griefing each other, and I could not stand that in this game. Well, that's pretty much any multiplayer game these days. That's true. That's true. I I could not stand that. But playing on a server with your friends um, is, is wonderful. Um... I would say it's probably like I have currently got friendly fire turned off. You know, I, I trust my friends well enough to not shoot me in the back when we're just, you know, running around. We, there's no Kyles in my group. Um, but I wanted to prevent accidental damage. Like if we accidentally hit each other with a, other with a car or while we're, you know, everyone's learning weapons and skills. Um, we're going to start a quote unquote real server at some point And all of that's going to be turned on. But it's um, it's great. I really like Project Zomboid. It's got a shot at being my game of the year this year. Um, and I look forward to continuing to play it. Two thumbs up. Full recommend. Um, I think it was down. I mean, the Steam sale's over now. Right? Steam sale's over? Yeah. I think it, it got down to like 10, 9 or 10 bucks or something on the Steam sale. Yeah, it was pretty cheap. Yeah, currently it's twenty bucks. I I fully believe it's worth twenty bucks. It is an early access game. It's been in active development since two thousand thirteen, um, and it's about to have another pretty big update that comes out that's going to add hunting and expand the crafting system. Um, and they're going to add actual animals. You can hear animals now as kind of random events, and they have a chance to draw zombies around. But they're saying that they're going to add some animals, you know, deer, rabbits, that sort of thing. Uh, it was fourteen nineteen uh, after tax for me, so. Okay, so it's twenty five percent off. Yeah, but, thereabouts. But anyways, that's that's the the main focus of the next big update, and the game gets regular updates. It's got a pretty th- thriving community on YouTube in the modding scene. There's lots of tutorial information. Also, feel free to ask me if you want to play and you want to get some help. I mean, I'm no expert, but well, that's also why I kind of wanted to wait on it to be uh, because it's. Let's be honest; it's going to end up in Game Club at some point. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to wait till it was a yeah a few more updates down the road. Yeah, fair enough. 
Because we got burned ba- bad on that last early access game. Yeah. But to be fair, well, right now it looks like they are not any, doing any development because uh, Ukrainian developer. Yeah. Right? Or at least partly, uh, yeah, part of the team's there. For Zomboid, or are you talking about... Um... Uh, now I'm blanking on it. <laughs> I know, which is Celestial Command, was that Cele- it? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to double check to... Uh, I mean, their last tag is no uh, no war, to tell the truth, I never thought I'd uh, post this on Steam, but basically they're at least partly in the Ukraine, uh, or the Ukraine region, so, right? Yeah. So I don't blame them there, but who? Yep. So that's that's it for me. You got one more? Uh, yes. I have Terra Invicta. This is a four I a four X grand strategy from the same development team that created the Long War mod for uh, XCOM. And holy shit, this goes deep. <laughs> uh, uh, this was also a demo during Next Fest. It's due to come out this year at some point, and it, it's it's a wiki game at least in the very beginning, but because. I'm not very versed in these style of games. I had little idea what the fuck was going on. All right. And the demo, I I had trouble really getting a grasp of some of the game because the demo is, you know, obviously whenever you're in a forex strategy, the first phase essentially of the game is that bad grass uh, run for uh, resources. Well, in Terra Invicta, Depending on the faction you're controlling, which there's one of eight, which has different focuses, essentially. Uh, you're trying to essentially take over countries and get resources to build out a uh, a defense system, or at least for the faction that's in the demo, a defense system to ward off an alien attack. They, uh, you know, aliens have shown up. You know, they've been probing some people. You know, bad news. And uh, the faction in the demo is the resistance, which is uh, think of them as essentially the XCOM initiative. All right, only without a backing of a central council. So you're kind of have to, to, you know, grab your own countries and uh, secure funding and uh, do your own research. And it's incredibly deep but at the same time because they there was no save system in the demo and it was constantly you know in that state of build up to get to the next phase i'm not sure just how far down the rabbit hole it goes but there's systems here that is incredibly fascinating for one uh there was a uh, well, first of all, you're able to pull out on the map and see the solar system. All right, that should give you an idea of the scale of the game of the, in the late game, right? Yeah, and not just the solar system, but uh, according to the store page, and I believe I'm with what I saw on the uh, map: 300 uh, dwarf planets and astro and major asteroids to uh, colonize as well, and set up defenses on. So and also they orbit. So 
constant changing map, of course. But this is hard sci-fi. This isn't, you know, fantasy shit. So, like, to get to Mars, you have to have the proper launch window. And there's a long system of just, you know, proper launch windows and Lagrange ports as well for you know, building st- stations for uh, for uh, making transfers to other planets, to other planetoids. And it's just incredibly in-depth. Uh, a huge system of just building up sp- uh, space stations and uh, uh, spaceships with also a tactical, realistic space uh, combat system, which I was not able to get to at all because that is like mid to late game stuff. It is very exciting, but also very daunting to tackle. If you love stuff like uh, Hearts of Iron or, you know, wish you know, uh, you know, this XCOM thing, it's nice, but I want to be able to, you know, uh, colonize the entire planet. Uh, and then the solar system. This is definitely for you. Yep. This is definitely for me. It's been on my wish list. I missed mm-hmm. a lot of the demo stuff. Um, I was playing RimWorld mm-hmm. and was also feeling bad during that time. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, this was actually right at a month ago, I believe. And uh, because they didn't have a save system in the demo, you know, it was either just leave it on or, you know, you're just going to play the first, like, couple hours of it, which is honestly kind of the boring phase of just trying to grab countries and uh, build up a uh, your initial, you know, resources. And it's not really the focus of the game at that point. And also, there's systems in it where, uh, depending on uh, how you treat your operatives, they could actually betray you and take resources with them to other factions. Uh, there's a... Uh, oh, hang on, I'm trying to zoom in on this. And then I scroll past it. Like, there's a, lo- uh, a loyalty mechanic that you could use other agents to investigate your own agents to find out if they're double-crossing you. And there's different uh, styles of agents or different classes, I guess is the proper term. Like, there's more, like, you know, super spy, James Bond types that uh, work in the background. There's uh, diplomats that you can take on. Then there's uh, hackers that can be used to perform cyber warfare or to dig up information. And it gets deep quick. It made me really wish I had a wiki to just thumb through. Yeah. But just seeing some of the spaceship design uh, aspects is just incredibly cool. And makes me wish uh, the demo uh, kind of uh, was like the last section of the build-up phase and you were starting to see expanding out. It, it it's kind of the equivalent of you know the barbarian phase you know in Civ. Yeah, uh, that's what the demo was kind of stuck in for me because uh, I'm not versed enough in this genre of game, but I could tell that there's a lot going on here, and it is really exciting to see just how in depth the game goes. It goes very, very, very deep. Yeah, I was planning on buying this, you know, essentially day of release because it was made by the long or is being made by the long war developer developers. Yeah, the development team. Yeah. So I I 
And I do like the fact that it's hard sci-fi as well, you know, where you you don't have, like, warp drive or something, and, you know, you're just launching no matter what to another planet. No, you have to launch at the proper time to get to Mars, for example. Yeah. I, um... I've played a lot of this style of, you know, like you said, Hearts of Iron game. Although I'd say on my or maybe our friends list, the person who's played the most of that is Cube. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this is so Cube's game. Uh, It did have a little bit of performance issues. uh, People complaining about that were basically uh, played all day, uh, 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 left it running overnight and then continued on. But that could be a memory leak. Because, right? Yeah. Uh, and the, it is a demo. But, oh. I, I do want to try it out once there's the underpinning and maybe some tutorials for a yellow dude like me. Uh, and also, I, I'm not sure if I'd want to do the Resistance because there's different ones. There's the Resistance, which is essentially XCOM. There's Humanity First, which is... Think uh, basically, uh, uh, yeah, exterminators. Uh, there's uh, the servants who worship the aliens and believe them to solve all the troubles of the world. So basically, like Exalt from uh, XCOM. Yeah. Uh, the Pactorate uh, advocates the negotiated surrender as the only means to avoid annihilation. Basically, it's like, oh shit, the aliens showed up. We're screwed. <laughs> The Academy hopes that the aliens' arrival heralds a new opportunity to form interstellar alliance. So basically, they uh, want to perform, uh, yeah, join Starfleet. The initiative, uh, which is Jeff Bezos, essentially, uh, seeks to profit from the chaos and destruction. And Project Exodus plans to build a massive starship and get the fuck out. Which, right. uh, you know, that makes sense. Honestly, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Get the hell out of Dodge. Which I imagine that you know, once you're past the initial phase, things play very differently, <laughs> right? I would imagine, yeah. You know, looking at the screenshots and and things for this, you know, it's there's mm-hmm. there's yeah, there's very clearly the two different aspects of. Let me zoom in to to Earth and countries and all of this sort of what you might think of as traditional. Uh, grand strategy games, and then oh, let's zoom out to space, and now let's do you know sci-fi 4x shit and i'm like yeah yeah and the thing is it's also hard sci-fi so right yeah which i'm uh, a big fan of hard sci-fi mm-hmm. i i don't think there's enough hard sci-fi done yeah uh there's uh also some colonial systems in this as well uh building up uh you know essentially off-world laboratories and stuff you're yeah. not gonna have like cities on uh mars or you know uh, uh you know floating around uranus wait for tee uh, but uh, it, think of them as more scientific outposts, or uh, as a way to uh, you know, uh, scatter your resources to uh, prevent annihilation, essentially. Yeah. At least that's the way I was reading it. But uh, just a screenshot of the solar system that they show, that's not even close to everything that you can uh, go to. I mean, it is impressive. And I'm just, uh, I, I really want to see where they go with it, you know? Yeah, I do too. So, uh, speaking of uh, impressive things, how about something unimpressive? Right. Um, our first news story, or well... Yeah, this is going to be Community Corner uh, Week. Catching up, 
because shit has gotten kind of crazy. And the only like episode that we were able to actually record was the game club one. And then you were suffering from the COVID. So, right. Yes. Yes. Um, but yes. So the first, the first one we got on the docket from the community corner, um, God of War Ragnarok bundles include steelbook cases with no discs inside. Yeah. I'm of two minds on this because honestly, the whole idea of collector's editions for games that aren't even out yet, the older I get, the more silly it seems, you know? Yeah. Like those who bought into, and I'm sure that there was one, I can't think of what, what, what it would have in uh, in it uh, right off the bat, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, people buying like the Cyberpunk Collector's Edition, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't touched the game yet. It doesn't see just how much of a train wreck it is. And no, I'm not saying that I think God of War Ragnarok is going to be a train wreck. I think it'll actually be at least a good game, most likely. Yeah, uh, it'll be d- uh, Dad of War Two, right? I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Dad, of, Dad of Boy. Dad of boy, yes. Boy of dad. Uh, but it always strikes me really strange to have these collector's editions. Uh, yeah, before the game's even out, you know? It, it, maybe it's just the old man yelling at Cloud uh, thing going on. I also don't understand that. Now, when I when I say I don't understand that, like, I'm not a big physical stuff person for things like this. I certainly have my collectibles and things that I want. So it's not like I have nothing, but I don't understand this kind of sort of like tat, you know, I think, I think if people want some really cool collectible stuff from properties that they enjoy, either seek that out like on Etsy or whatever, or have things custom made. It can be expensive. Yes. But I would rather spend you know, two hundred dollars on a really high quality bust or three D print of something that I want, or you know, or whatever, rather than two hundred bucks on a box of cheaply made garbage from the the parent yeah, company. Uh, yeah, what was it? Uh, the uh, the the Marvel two D fighter that had the affinity stones that looked like they were Easter eggs. Yeah. Um. I know which one you're talking about. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Dang it. Although my my mind went to the quote-unquote canvas bag, which turned out, oh, you know, the, the, uh, the, whole uh, the canvas great canvas bag canvas shortage. Yes, yes. The great canvas shortage of whatever it was, 2018 or 19. But anyways, yes. Uh, it, c- continue. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to explain I mean, that. I mean, just that. because these are officially licensed doesn't mean that they're of high quality uh, at all, right? Yeah, for sure. These uh, are being made by the cheapest, lowest bidder that mm-hmm. Sony or whoever at the time, like this is, you know, this is dad of boy, so Sony, but Microsoft is guilty of it, Nintendo is guilty of it, etc. So you get a uh, printed voucher code for a digital version of the game and a display case that doesn't have a game inside. So if you want to have a physical copy of the game, you have to have you know, you have to buy another copy of the game, which is just weird, you know. Yes and no. I mean, I kind of get it. That's honestly the thing that's that's like 
the point of the article doesn't bother yeah. me all that much because games are for better or for worse becoming a purely digital endeavor you know mm-hmm. with with the, the ps5 and the xbox whatever also um, have it a, a, a digital only edition right? yeah yeah and i think that that you know we'll see maybe one more generation where both are offered and then i think we'll go purely you know digital only i think you're gonna to have to drag a need into the digital uh Realm kicking and screaming. She hates doing that if she could avoid it. I find that so interesting because I've been digital only when people thought that was weird. Like, you know, oh, the her, early uh, it, to mid 2000s, like digital only, baby, all the way. Well, for her, it's uh, be able to trade the uh, or, yeah, uh, be able to play the game uh, across uh, other consoles. So, like, yeah. she'll get uh, the big one is the Pokemans. You know, uh, getting me into the Pokemans to uh, let me play uh, her copy, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, she, you know, I guess it's just her collector thing, but also getting you know, used games as well, right? Yeah. So, uh, this had, uh, getting back to the actual point of things, it's the Steel Book, which is kind of the point of the article, a replica uh, millionaire. A dice set, which, yo, those are going to be high-quality dice, right? I'm making a face. You can't see it, but I'm making a face. Yeah, you're going to have to uh, 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 do audio emoting, because, right? Yep. Yep. I got you. But no, that that will not be a high-quality dice. Uh, It will be cheap garbage. uh, Two uh, carving, uh, or wooden toy carvings, which... Yo, those are going to be like, yo, made in a prison camp in China, right? Yeah. And that's really it with a case that looks like a shrine from the game. Uh, plus the, uh, you know, steelbook, which, right? Uh, I mean, I think it just comes back all all the way around to it feels weird to spend that much money on collectible stuff for a game that you're not sure that you're even going to like. Right. Yeah. When I, uh, you could go get, uh, yeah, probably higher quality stuff, uh, from Etsy or yeah, from a local like weaponsmith or hell even go to like an anime con. Uh, the last time I was at Sabasa con, there was so many, uh, well, there was a, uh, uh, a weaponsmith there that did blunted steel, uh, but also did live steel. Yeah, of uh, various video game uh, yeah swords and uh, shields. Yeah, and you could custom order it. Exactly, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, what I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. like you can get these very cool things made for you, and they might be expensive. But most, in my experience, most of these sort of expensive things that you get. Don't cost more than one to two hundred dollars, which is what they're asking for for this collectible, you know. And it's it's something that's going to be higher quality that you're going to be more appreciative and invested in because it's something that specific that you wanted, and instead of just like a box of guff, I'm sure that there are people out there that really, genuinely, truly love the box of guff, and you know what? More power to you. I genuinely, no sarcasm, wish that I could enjoy things that way. I just can't anymore. I just can't look past how 
you know, the, the, the low quality aspects and the companies behind it. And I'm sure, you know, the underpaid, if paid at all, depending on where they're made, you know, labor that goes into it. It's just, yeah. Steal corporate, buy local. That's, that's my motto. Uh, especially if it's Ubisoft, but we'll get there. Uh, I mean, I do think that uh, they really ha- uh, latch into the collector's aspect uh, on this. And uh, and also, you know, the idea of, of it being an investment. You know, some people are just squirreling these away. Like, yeah, right now, uh, there's somebody selling a... Uh, collector's edition for the first God of uh, well, uh, the first reboot God of War, you know, God, or Boy of Dad, yeah, yeah, uh, for six hundred dollars on eBay, uh, completely unopened, right? Yep, good for them, I guess. I you know if they get it, good for whoever. I, and I know, I know, just because they have it listed for that doesn't mean that yeah you know, they're going to uh, get that. Yeah. But there, yeah, there's some people that look at this as an investment, especially if the game does well. And you know, that's kind of uh, the other kind of flip side of this, and where you know, it feels kind of scummy <laughs> trying to bank on this, right? Yeah, uh, hoping that you know this is good enough quality that you know you could might make a profit on it instead of you know Infinity Stone eggs, right? Yeah, which. And- Weirdly enough, like it becomes more profitable if the game is a flop. Oh, unless it, it unless it all ends up in uh, Goodwill, which I have seen. <laughs> true, true. Which it, it is also yeah a little weird going to, to a thrift store and seeing you know uh, a bunch of mugs for oh, shoot what what game was it for? It was uh, some PlayStation Four game that I can't think of now. There was like a line of like. Uh, 10 of them and just my local goodwill yeah and if you look at like lgr <laughs> there will be a couple times he'll go into one on his thrifting shows and it'd be just a you know, a wall of you know uh of uh, uh these sculptures yep uh, i was I, I don't know i was trying to think of something to add but it's like yes i have seen this now um now i gotta check something I realize it wouldn't be the you know, the God of War Monier, and I know I'm or uh, uh, yeah butchering the pronunciation Mjolnir, but, but yeah I don't care. <laughs> you I mean you're pretty close. I mean the the pronunciation well, is, is Mjolnir. Well, cons- well, considering I also yeah, uh yeah don't watch Marvel movies so yeah, right. I, yeah, I learned how to pronounce it because of Halo, actually, because the Halo armor suits are Mjolnir suits. Zoom tight. Thank you. But I was just wondering, especially since, yeah, the Marvel movies, right? How much would it be to get one uh, from Etsy? Okay. All right. What are you, ju- what, are you just typing in Mjolnir? Uh... I was going to do Mjolnir weapon. Assuming I can... Okay. Uh, Well, here's a resin one. Which, honestly, let's be honest, that's probably what it's going to be uh, anyway. Uh, One-to-one full cosplay rec- uh, replica for 70 bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's the Marvel version, but, right? 
Yeah. Here's a steel leather and sheepskin one for four hundred fifteen. Uh, here's another one that, and once again, I know not the same as God of War, but believe me, it will be. Uh, a one to one scale uh, pre- uh, prop replica with uh, light up action <laughs> for two sixty. So right. Yeah, I'm. I'm now looking at at, at things on Etsy. Oh, here's I'm, a I'm uh, here's one that's God of War, uh, uh, Thor uh, hammer for two twenty and nine. That matches the one that they show. Only yo, right? Yeah. Only this is also a one to one replica, and what compared to theirs, which I don't think is. Oh no, no! It, uh, they say sixteen inch replica. So, all right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at this on uh, Etienne. That's a hell of a lot more detailed than the one they show on the <laughs> the Sony page. I mean, to be fair, you're not getting the game, but oh well, right? Yeah, that's what I mean, sales you know, are for. Just yeah, that's what sales are for, or you know, just pirate it. Remember, steal corporate. <laughs> uh, which would be a lovely segue, but first we have to talk about Doom running Doom. Indeed. Talk about Doom running Doom. Let me get uh, over here th- this is uh, this is a wild one. So this is using an exploit and actually Doom two uh, to run code to run Doom within the game Doom. So we've uh, come full circle, right? It's it's Doom all the way down. Uh, no, it's Doom all the way around. Right. Uh, they actually have a a video of it showing. Uh, how it works, and it's just way over my head, but it's essentially uh, uh, ejecting code and projecting it onto a texture to make it look like yeah, essentially a theater. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Uh, I I guess this means that you can play Doom on uh, literally anything now, right? Yes. I Uh, think this is really cool. I love that this sort of internet meme has mm-hmm. become sort of a pseudo like challenge for people. Like, what can I make Doom run on? Yeah, because like thinking about things I've seen Doom run on over the years, you know, smart fridges, you know, haha, um, McDonald's kiosks. Yep, McDonald's kiosks, full Doom running on uh, like TI eighty four graphing calculators. Um, Linus Tech Tips did that actually. At least the one that I saw. Maybe others have done it, but. I thought that was pretty neat. They had to overclock the calculator, but they made Doom run, like full Doom run on a on a TI-83 or a TI-84 graphing calculator. It was neat. Um, my favorite thing, though, that I've ever seen Doom run on was a Porsche. And you actually used the car control, like the car, you know, steering wheel controls to play the game. And um, you would do things like steer, and then you use the buttons on the steering for the... Um, you know, the quote-unquote, like, hands-free, or, you know, the the more safe way to control the radio. And then you could actually play, like, you could uh, change the settings, and you could play it with the car running, so that the gas pedal would do something, and the brakes would. Granted, I mean, you know, I hope to God that this person did not try to drive down the road while playing, but it would be funny to sit in your driveway, like, revving your engine. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you, sh- like, why do you keep doing that? It's so loud. It's like, I'm playing Doom! 
I'm killing demons. Oh, the car sound mimic, you know, and the chainsaw at the same time. <laughs> Good times. What What are some of your favorite things that you've seen Demon run on over the years? Oh, uh, I mean, honestly, this one kind of has to take it. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I've seen calculators. Uh, LGR highlighted one and uh, second uh, call for LGR, I guess. Uh, it was a scientific calculator that was running Doom. Which, right? Yeah. Uh, which, I know, it does, doesn't sound that impressive, but uh, it requires basically rebuilding the entire game because, yeah, obviously you can't just port it, right? Yeah. Uh, it is funny seeing it on the McDonald's kiosk because, right? Yeah. That one, that one was. A good I mean, time. I haven't really went and sought out just what things uh, run Doom because yeah, it's obviously everything, right? Yeah. Now I'm googling it. What things run Doom? Right everything. here's an here's an article from thegamer.com. Oh boy, the ten weirdest devices to run that can run Doom. Uh, number ten, a piano. Uh, might not be running Doom under its own computer power, but using a piano keyboard instead of a computer keyboard as a controller is still an impressive achievement. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's neat. They painted it the Doom piano. An ultrasound scanner, so medical equipment. I don't think of what it was. I, I, it was a Donkey Kong game that somebody was playing on Twitch one time. Uh, and I know, not Doom, but uh, where they were controlling it with the bananas. As in Dark actual Souls. bananas. I mean, that they could have done Donkey Kong too, but I remember seeing that for Dark Souls. Or maybe I am thinking uh, uh, that. In, but right? Yeah. I okay. mean, I've I got to give props to whenever they have uh, uh, oddities, you know? Yeah. So Apple MacBook Touch Bar, like specifically the Touch Bar, I guess that would be a, a really weird aspect ratio. Graphing calculators, a toaster. What? Oh, yeah, so like the piano, the toaster is acting more as a controller than actually handling the computing side. Yeah, and- there's some uh, really smart toasters out there uh, <laughs> as well. Uh, I'm actually uh, not joking. Uh, I, when I saw uh, several months ago, it was made by, I think, Mitsubishi, uh, specifically for Japanese bread, and it was just insane. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to possibly put that in the show notes, because it it, it was completely computerized. <laughs> because, right? Yeah. All right. An ATM. Uh, according to this, uh, some hackers uploaded it into an ATM. Like, they had it ready to go. And they went and uploaded it to an ATM and then left that for people to find. Um, Something called a Mikey or a Mickey card reader. It's a public transportation kiosk in Australia. An office touchscreen conference phone. (laughs) Digital camera from 1998. Uh, Kodak something or other. I can't read the picture. And then, oh, here's what I was talking about. A Porsche 911. That's listed as the number one. I uh, just uh, linked to you the world's most expensive toaster. It's, it couldn't run Doom because it doesn't have the proper yeah, screen. But I, it's 
Uh, well, I was thinking of, but yeah, obviously can't. But three hundred pounds, uh, British pounds. Which hey, right now is three hundred dollars. <laughs> I thought that was the euro. That was the parody with the US. Oh, or, so, or, sorry, or, sorry. Why was I thinking pounds? Uh, pounds and euros. Because, you know, UK left them and also never did that anyway. Yep, they kept the pound sterling. Yeah, that should have been the first hint that something was going off, huh? Yeah. Anyways, I don't I don't know what else to say about the Doom running Doom. It's neat. It, yeah, there's not a lot to really talk about, is there? Outside of cool? Yeah, very cool. So, how about something uncool? All right. Oh, Ubisoft. Oh, Ubisoft. So, Ubisoft announced a couple weeks ago now, and we're just now catching up, that they were ending support for, it was about, what, 10, 15 games? Uh, Pulling multiplayer, which, yeah, is kind of par for the course, especially whenever it's, yep, a centralized non-peer-to-peer thing, but right. But there was some oddities in it. Well, for one, there was a game from like three years ago that was a VR-only game. <laughs> They're also completely pulling from everything because it's a multiplayer-only game. Because, right? Yep. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your $40 game, because you can't anymore, in like a month. Yep. But the big thing, well, there there was two things. One, that they've kind of walked back and said it was poor communication, where some games were going to uh, that were single player only going to be completely inaccessible. They walked that back, saying uh, we poorly communicated it. Yeah, much like they poorly communicated some things uh, uh, otherwise, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, the steps that they've taken to ensure that sexual harassment um, and other illegal activities get reported and properly handled. Yeah, that that works, right? (laughs) Yep. Gotta get Uh, it in there. uh, But the big one is losing access to DLC for really no reason. So, I think the... PC Gamer article has the list of them. So, so Anno 2070, which was released in uh, 2011, losing multiplayer linking accounts and online features, which, oh, the online features is also part of the in-game progression, so you're screwed. Uh, Assassin's Creed 2 and 3, or sorry, 2 is losing multiplayer linking accounts and online features. Assassin's Creed 3 is losing access to DLC, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, also losing access to DLC. Assassin's Creed Liberation HD, 2014, uh, losing access to DLC. Driver San Francisco, which has been delisted for like four or five years now. Yeah, it's been several years now. Uh, is losing access to the DLC. Far Cry 3, losing access to DLC. On top of multiplayer and linking accounts for pretty much all of these as well. Princess Persia, Prince of Persia for the Forgotten Sands, losing option for co-op multiplayer, linking counts online features, and access to DLC. Silent Hunter 5 from 2010, multiplayer, linking accounts, online features, and access to DLC. Space Junkies is going completely offline. And Splinter Cell Blacklist, multiplayer, linking accounts, and online features. 
I've never seen a company pull DLC from uh, from games that is single player only. Yeah, or or single player focused. Like some of them, like Far Cry Three, it's a couple extra weapons, but some of these is actual content as well, and it's just weird. Cutting DLC off is an extremely bad uh, precedent. And I think it's going to piss some people off that they normally can just slide by because, hey, uh, yeah, uh, they don't pay that much attention to this stuff. But, right? Yeah. This is a weird situation that I can see their justifications for, and it doesn't matter. Like, that's the thing. Like, this is, you know, not surprising, right? Not surprised that corporation, any corporation, is going to do whatever they can to screw over consumers and not provide them the goods or services that they promised. Because the corporation's going to corporate, right? Fuck us. You know, fuck you, pay me. That's their, their mentality. So I'm not surprised. The arguments of, like... Uh, you know, it's taking up resources, servers, etc., etc., developer time to manage and maintain. I do understand, but my response to that is you made this contract with us. You make so much money on this, right? Yeah, you make so much money, and you made this contract with us. So, tough shit. I mean, I know I can't make them do anything. I, I would, if I could, I would. But, that's my feeling on it. Like, I hear you, suck it up. Too damn bad. If you didn't want to support these games, essentially in perpetuity, or change them in such a way so that they don't need this support and can instead function without it, like, too damn bad. But, you know, that's not what's what's happening or what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They will, they, they as they have done, they will walk this statement back. And then reintroduce this stuff more slowly instead of all at once and slip it under the radar or do some positive press things to counter the negative press for this and then do it anyway. Oh, they announced uh, uh, Skull and Bones again after, what, five years? Yeah. Positive press, baby. I Uh, mean, most of these games, as far as I know, work the the, uh, pirated versions of them work mm. fine so you know raise the jolly roger steal corporate fuck ubisoft don't buy their stuff that's my feeling on it fuck ubisoft fuck you ubisoft i mean pretty much i mean i mean what this is doing is it's it's going to set precedent that other game companies will follow suit because now they've got the first one who did it and they'll let them eat up all the heat or most of it and then uh, you know ea ea will do this in a heartbeat and so will Activision Blizzard and, you know, any of your scum, scummier third parties will, will do it right away. And I suspect we'll see other companies, you know, your Microsofts, your Sonys, etc. fall into this as well. Yeah, uh, I'm not looking forward to this continuing uh, on because I, I kind of see the same thing. Yeah, and I hate that. I would love to be wrong. Please, universe, companies, prove me wrong. I just don't don't believe that you will. Especially also losing co-op multiplayer on some of these, because, you know, uh, Far Cry 3, that has its own campaign for multiplayer, for co-op. Yeah. Uh, that's I think be Far completely... Cry 4 does, too. 
that's going to be completely inaccessible, and I expect Far Cry 4 to be, you know, like a year or two from now. Yep. Uh, Prince of Persia also losing its co-op, which I don't know what that entails. The uh, the big one for me in this, because honestly, I didn't really take care for Far Cry 3, uh, is Anno 2070, because I've held off on buying that several times, because I looked into just how the progression works. And it is heavily tied into that online feature. Yeah, it is. Uh, that really sucks. I've played Anno 2070 before. The base gameplay is like any other Anno game. It's fine if you like that sort of thing. But the how heavily on the online progression affects the game sucks. And at this point, you're locked into whatever the last, you know, massive thing was that people did. Although, mm-hmm. I mean, that won't matter anymore because it's all going offline. But yeah. Anno 2205 is really good for what it's worth, but, you know, how long until that's on the chopping block? Yeah, this has me hesitating. Well, I was already hesitant to buy Ubisoft in general, because, right? But, yeah, this has me uh, rethinking some things. Like, uh, I was looking at the upcoming Mario Plus Rabbids. Well, I'll just buy that used now, because fuck Ubisoft. I'll play it eventually, but I won't be giving Ubisoft money. Right. Uh, that was like the one thing. I haven't actually seen the gameplay trailer for Skull and Bones because I just really didn't care after hearing some of the uh, buzz about it, how they you know, basically completely reworked the game again. Right? Yeah. I should look into that because it might be amusing. Uh, yeah, kind of mystery science theater so bad, right? Yeah. Uh, but I guess, yo. Know, I'm free. Well, uh, no, it's free anyway. But I've been. I really wanted to play Driver San Francisco and just never got around to acquiring it. So, right? Yeah. And uh, have you looked at any of these games on Steam now? No, I haven't. Oh, go go look at Far Cry. Go look at Far Cry Three. Okay. Have it. I haven't looked at Far Cry 3 in particular, but the others who... Far Cry 3. Okay, Far Cry 3 is kind of the exception to it, but there's quite a few there as well. Look at the recent reviews. <laughs> oh, is it getting review bombed? Oh, yeah. That makes sense. The top review. Uh, uh, talking about the, the game going offline for multiplayer and stuff. Uh, and the, the big thing is also the DLC that you purchased, you know? Now, some of this is free DLC that they're taking away. Okay, fine, but this is also, some of this is purchased purchased DLC or getting it in, like, Game of the Year editions. Yeah. And that's dangerous. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely hesitant to re- recommend anybody getting anything at Ubisoft. Well, it was before, but I'm still I am. Yeah, don't don't buy things from Ubisoft. Um, but if for some reason you were considering, anyways, definitely don't do that. I'm just uh, uh, okay. I'm on their for on the Far Cry Three forums. Why not make a co-op peer to peer? Because that takes effort. And it's not something modern uh, Ubisoft does. Fair enough. Yep, you are correct. I- I'm pretty sure. Um. Uh, majority of what I have on Uplay has been uh, giveaways anyway. 
Uh, I've never bought anything. Well, I haven't bought anything from Ubisoft in a long time. I mean, the newest thing I've gotten of Ubisoft was a used copy of Mario Plus Rabbids, because, right? Yeah. So there is that. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. I guess. Well, nicer than right. this. Which, oh, uh, Jim Sterling had a lovely uh, 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 rant about this, so, right? Yeah. As you might imagine. I'm looking at other things. I saw somewhere some article that said that a game would be removed from your Steam library. Okay, okay. So, so this is, is that the connected Mr. to Ubisoft. Uh, yeah, uh, that was Assassin's Creed Liberation HD. They supposedly had a miscommunication, and it's the DLC and not the game itself. So, all right. But there's uh, screenshots of the store having. This game will be uh, removed from your Steam library on uh, September 1st. So, make of that what you will. It says, right now, on Steam, Notice, DLC for this product and online elements and features will become unavailable as of September 1st, 2022. The base game will continue to be playable. Yeah, but if you... Now I'm looking for an article that has a screenshot of it. They had a secondary thing on it saying that it would be inaccessible. Looking at some other games, too, and seeing what they say. <laughs> uh, watching the dumpster fire burn. Yeah. Right. Assassin's Creed franchise. Oh, here we go. Just to show you, I was not crazy. This is from uh, My Smart Price, which is a um, tech uh, website. Okay. But it shows the second thing on here. I'm just going to drop it uh, on the show notes so you can see. Because I saw the second uh, warning on this. Uh, Where's it in the show notes? Just at the... Uh, At the bottom, you saw uh, the... Yeah, that one. Okay. Oh, yep. That doesn't look like a miscommunication to me. This looks like walking it back. Yep. I agree. It seems like walking it back. So, hey, you get to keep uh, one game. You lose all the DLC, though. And which, all the rest of the and, games. And, 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 and this is something that gets me, is that this is also going down on the Steam version. Okay? They don't have to... Pay, yeah, that, that's not their servers, right? I'm sure yeah. that, uh, you know, uh, there's some sort of payment going on that, you know, it might make sense in a, you know, a very ivory tower sense. Or the fact that if they're removing it from their own servers, they're making the Steam version you know, superior, and they can't have that. But it's yeah. just... It, it makes no sense to me. You know? Yeah. Me either. I mean, it's all about just corporate greed and bullshit. Mm-hmm. Alright. Um, you got anything else to say? About it? Uh, fuck Ubisoft. Fuck Ubisoft, indeed. Fuck Ubisoft with a uh, replica of Mjolnir. Nice. So, Rage, how can, how can the lovely people contribute to the Community Corner, or well, otherwise if, contact us? If you wish to do so, you can drop by the Discord, which you'll find a link to that over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. You can email us at vglpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us, VGL Podcast, on the Twitter. Nice. 
So I'm right. assuming that you're going to not want to do a discovery queue because, right? Nope. As soon as we wrap this up, I'm going to be running straight to sleep. I'm going to have a spoonful of ice cream because my throat uh, feels like, well, shit. Right. But before uh, we get it's to almost that, like we're out of practice. But anyway, yes. uh, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, Gaming with CR, or if you wish to be my friend on Steam, Caffeine Rage. And you've been. I have been Jared. If you want to find me and other places, you can do so on Twitter at JMA4707, where I tweet bullshit and random things. Um, if you like tabletop RPGs, you can head over to twitch.tv slash runicarts to see games that I play in actively. Um, no, no nothing last week because I, you know, collapsed. And maybe this week, though. Uh, we'll be playing Vampire and Battletech. Um, if those things sound interesting to you, go check it out. Um, otherwise, you can be my friend on Steam and on, you know, in our Discord. Um, and I guess, you know, you carry your pigeon, smoke signal, you find my house. First, I'm going to go, how did you find me? And then second, I'm, I'll be friends with your carrier pigeon. <laughs> uh, and then you're going to eat the carrier pigeon. Possibly. I've never uh, eaten a little bit of squab. Before, so I'll try it. I'm sure I've got a recipe for it somewhere. I mean, I have enough cookbooks, right? Yeah. I got a couple of French cookbooks. I got some Julia Child of it. She uh, would know what to do with it. Of course, really? pr- of course, it would probably be shanking it because she was a fucking badass back in the day. Uh, so, scrolling all the way back up to the top, once again, VGL Podcast at gbound.com with your letters, voice notes, camera-related topics. Could tweet us VJob Podcast, or if you wish to drop by the Discord, you can find a link to that and all our other stuff over at vjobpodcast.podbean.com. And if you wish to spread the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this possible, and we do apologize for so many freaking episodes, but it's all Jared's fault. But yeah, but I blame Sarah. Yeah, that's because she's a bitch. Amen. Anyways. Uh, and, and and believe me, if you've heard some of the stories, you would not argue that. You would not. We're, we might have to have a, like a Franken episode bonus of just Sarah's stories. I could do that sometime. <laughs> I could give you stories. I could give you stories from several people in my office, actually. I could do an office story Franken episode. I'd be oh, down. Boy. Not tonight. Uh, and and, and I would just be sitting here eating popcorn. Um, if... Uh, you wish to support us uh, in our absolute madness, you could do so via uh, patreon.com slash podcast. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kim McLeod. You can find his work over at incomputech.com and as always, as this lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now. See ya. Bye bye.